We've been asking a really deep question for weeks. Why? Why, why, why? This morning's... Turn me down just a touch, would you? Just a little bit. Why is there no peace? Um, why is there no peace? Peace. I was thinking about peace and wondering, what breaks peace for you? So I was thinking, Saturday morning I'm sitting in Highland and all of a sudden I see the hordes coming from Troy to invade Highland to take our lands. And all of a sudden we're at war. Highland and Troy, we're fighting it out. No more peace. And, and that... That's one case of where you lose peace, right? When you're threatened. When somebody, when your enemy is advancing on you and then peace is gone. But there's other things. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that most of us lose peace over is when we had a plan. And that plan gets disrupted or interrupted or not clear off of the realm of possibility. And all of a sudden our peace is gone. I plan to have pizza for supper, but I burn it, and now I'm a mess, right? Or, <clears throat> another thing that, that takes peace, that breaks the peace, is a scary future. So, I get some news about something that's going to happen, or might happen, or could happen, or will happen, and all of a sudden, I'm disrupted, right? And, and now, my peace is gone. Um, what do I mean when I talk about peace? And so, I looked up all the words that aren't peace. Antonyms for peace. There's more. This was just a short list. Agony, rage, war, unrest, distress, anxiety, Agitation, worry, turmoil, restlessness, violence, chaos, fighting, anguish, ruckus, commotion, fear, disturbance, uproar, anarchy. We could probably go on and on, but none of these words are peace, right? Chaos, hate, worry, fear. The uh, evil three are working overtime to disrupt your life and steal your peace. Who, who are the evil three? Well, your flesh, your sinful nature, the world, and the devil. How does chaos, hate, worry, fear, all the antonyms for peace, how do they impact you? Do you know that your body is deeply impacted by things like fear? Specifically fear weakens your immune system. It accelerates aging. It impairs formation of long impairs formation of long-term memories. It makes it more difficult to re- for you to regulate fear in future circumstances and can leave a person anxious. It interrupts your regular brain processes that allow us to regulate emotions and to read nonverbal cues. It impacts our thinking and our interpretation of life and our decision-making in negative ways. It can make us unable to act appropriately. 
It impacts our mental health. Um, fear can then turn into long-term fear, or there's just a general feeling of fear, which also can lead to fatigue and depression and things like PTSD. Not peace has a really big impact on your body. And you know all this. This is not new information. Maybe you just haven't thought about it. But you know immediately when you're afraid, your heart rate goes up. And your focus narrows. You all know that. It happens. It has an impact on your body. And if you're always living in that way, then you're always, your body is always under the assault of that. Without peace, your body is not functioning fully. It's having an impact on you. And if that doesn't change, the impact becomes greater and long term and settles in. So, your body is working with not peace to, to, to harm you. Now, the world, the other number two of the, the evil three, the world... The world keeps us going at such a pace that we cannot even take a deep breath, let alone lay down in green pastures and lie beside still waters and to know that in the stillness that the great I am is God. The world keeps us moving so fast and bombards us with so many things that there's no way we can have peace living with the way the world lives. It's It's impossible. Just the pace of life alone is enough to steal peace from us. And then Satan. He fills us with his lies and his deceptions. Uh, He has the perfect scheme designed for you to knock you off of your path. Right? The scheme that he uses for me might not work at all for you. He knows well enough to have one for you. So... What about you? You need some peace? I know the answer, whether you know it or not, but I hate to tell you. But the answer is yes, you need peace. You need it. Um, and I don't know, and I, I hate to be an alarmist or anything like that, but it sure seems to me in the past decade or so, that it's got exponentially crazy. I don't know, maybe it's just me. But remember how at one point people would just agree to disagree? We don't even do that anymore. We know we won't agree to be disagreeable. We'll just fight. Chaos, hate. You're wrong, I'm right, leave me now. Go away. Um, the world needs peace. And I really care about the world and the fact that the world needs peace. But I can't do anything about that because the world's not here. But you're here and you need peace. And the only way the world gets peace is because all of us have peace. You know, it's kind of contagious. That when people see peace, they want peace. But without peace, my two favorite buzzwords, life and freedom... They're just slogans or worshipful thinking. You can't have life without peace. You can't have freedom without peace. So, 
My question this morning, is peace even possible? Is there a chance that you could have peace? See, this is great because we're at church and I always know the, you know the answer. Of course the answer is yes. Because we're at church and anything that I ask at church, the answer is yes. Is peace possible? Well, of course it's possible. Of course it is. And you have to agree with me and say that. I just don't want you to agree with me and say that because you're sitting here. I'd rather you be honest. Whoa, I just felt like Jack Nicholson for a moment. You can't handle the truth. Have you given up on peace? See, I think most of us, me, you go through a time and a period in life where you just give up on peace. It's just not going to happen. You know, maybe I can get it down to a manageable amount of bad, but peace, no. I can get the rage down or the fear down, or I can worry less, or I can be less anxious. But peace, eh, I don't know. And so when I stand up here and say to you, peace is your destiny. And you respond back to me, well, Tony, if you were in my situation, you wouldn't have peace. And and you might be right. Your situation is awful. I know. Peace is not determined by your situation. Um, You can look around at your family, at your neighborhood, at your body, at your work, and see chaos and anxiety and destruction and death and ruin. And you can say, this is terrible, and there is no hope for peace. I've tried to get peace, Tony, but it keeps escaping my grasp. And I want to say, I believe you. And I understand. But that doesn't change what I'm about to say about peace. Just because it hasn't been your experience. And that's where I want to start this morning, that peace, is peace possible? This was Jesus. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now, Jesus said, I give you peace. You don't have peace. I get it. So, your conclusion is that Jesus was wrong. Or, Jesus wasn't wrong because he's Jesus, but somehow you're wrong and can't get peace like Jesus said he would give you. And I want to start here because this is the first hump. Because if you can't get over this hump, you will not know peace. Do you believe that Jesus was telling the truth that he gives peace? I do too. Jesus gives us peace. He, He really said it. He really gives. He doesn't even give like the world gives. Could it be possible that you, sitting in your pew this morning, 
listening to this sermon with all of the chaos and turmoil and fear and anxiety that's going in your life, is it possible that you could have peace but not recognize it? Is it possible that what Jesus said is true, but you're not seeing it? That's what I want you to consider. Now, I know, I am not setting you up for some bait and switch later on to hook you into something that, well, you said this earlier, so now you got to do this. That's not the point today. I've done that in the past. I may do it again. But that's not what I'm doing right now. Jesus said you could have peace. And until we can come to the position and point, the belief that I can have peace. I may not experience it, and I may not see it. I'll give you that. But can you start here with me? That Jesus said he would give you peace. Not that he would, right? See, there's no future in that. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. There's no future. I will give you, right? It doesn't say that. It's past tense. He's given it. Can you believe that? Can you believe that God has given you peace? Maybe you don't experience it. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe you don't even know what it is. But can you start here with me and believe this? Step number one. Peace is available. Through Jesus Christ, you can have peace. That means that no matter what the turmoil of your situation is, you can find a place and rest in that. You know, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. So, if you believe in Jesus and His Spirit is in you, then you have the fruits of the Spirit, which is peace. So, step one, and it's a big step. Can you believe that peace is possible? That there is such a thing? And... I'd love to sit and wait for you to get there. But we're going to go on to step two. But you can't skip over step one. There's no way to go to step two without completing step one. Do you believe there's peace? I believe Jesus has given me peace. I do. Now the next one is, it's just as hard, maybe harder than the first one. Do you trust God? course we're in church so the answer is yes yes i trust god um how do you know that you can trust god i see lots of trouble and tribulation and war and famine and earthquakes and hurricanes and cancer and pain and suffering and loss can you trust a god that gives all of that See, that's what our enemy says to us. And of course not. If God gave your two-year-old daughter cancer, how can you trust God? God didn't give the cancer. Could you consider that amongst all of this tragedy that God is still good? That he loves you? That he is bigger than all of this? And that he has you? I'm going to throw out the word salvation. Salvation. And I don't 
mean what we typically mean about salvation, about going to heaven. I mean that God has saved you. Literally saved you from tragedy, from harm, from death. You have been saved. Now, just a different context, not taking anything away from the salvation of eternal life with Jesus. But God has saved you. And you may not even know it. In Isaiah 26, uh, verse 3, you, that's God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Perfect peace. Those whose minds are on God because we trust in God. Now, what's this verse saying? The verse is saying over here is this terrible situation, this really bad circumstance. And over here is God. And what's your mind on? Well, of course, your mind is on this, this bad situation, right? You've got a bad situation here. Something has to be done. But Isaiah 26.3 says, keep your mind on God. Because you trust in him, and you will have perfect peace. Now look, the big three, they're, right, they're lined up. You've got this situation, and it demands your attention. All of your attention. And what happens then? Well, anybody who's faced with a terrible giant is going to be full of anxiety and fear and worry. And then you're going to come up with a plan of how to attack and defeat this terrible giant. This big problem in your life. And then you're going to start implementing your plan. And, and you're going to move forward and attack this thing. <laughs> but that's just like the sink swirling as everything goes down the drain. The alternative can you trust in God? See, we can't move on to the next. There's two more steps, by the way. We can't move on until. Do you believe there's peace? And do you trust God? And I understand I'm not asking a small thing. I'm asking a huge thing of you. That do you trust God? I don't know if you've been reading through the Bible with us this year or not. Even if you're not reading through it with us, I still would encourage you to read it every chance you get. Have you read the Psalms? You know what most of the Psalms are about? Someone who is struggling to trust in God. Where you been, God? When are you going to show up, God? How long, O oh Lord? Where are you at? My enemies are here. God, show up. So you're not the first one. And you're not the only one to ever have really hard questions to ask God about, God, where you been? And God can handle that. And for you to pretend that you're not there, it's not helping you or your relationship with God, nor your trust in God. Oh, yeah, I trust God. Just don't let him get too close to me. Because he always messes things up when he gets over here. I get it. But I know a different God. You know? 
I, I, I know a God who loves me deeply, who keeps me in his hands and protects me even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though he's with me. God is trustworthy and he has done incredible things to save you. Things that maybe you don't even know took place. And so, as far as trusting God, I would throw out that many of us have been blinded. We live in a fog and a deception that we don't get to see God for who he really is. Instead, we see the picture that our enemy has painted of God. How could God love you and do that? See, that's our enemy attacking God. If our enemy were being honest, he would say, Hey, you know that really bad thing that happened to you? Yeah, I did that. That was me. God didn't like it either. He was just like you. I would tell you that we need to go back. Nobody likes to go back. But we need to go back and take another look at our stories. The enemy has stolen things from our stories that point out God's love for us. And we need to go back and look at those stories again and see how God did in fact save us because God is in fact trustworthy. And that's the whole point of the Old Testament, right? God protected his people and delivered his people all through the Old Testament. And they always forgot. They wanted to go back to Egypt where they were safe and in slavery. They always forgot. We're the same way. We either have forgotten or it's been stolen from us. So, what can you do about it? Ask God to open the eyes of your heart so that you can see the way God has worked in your life and has loved you. And as your eyes are open, you will see that you can trust God. And as you trust God, you will be thinking more and more about Him and not your problem. I came up with some answers for do you trust God? Some people say no. And some people say sometimes. And some people say, well, I trust him more each day. And some people say, yes, I trust God. And you are somewhere in here. And I am too. And full confession, I trust God. Except for those moments I don't. Right? And, and I'm not happy or proud about that or anything else. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. And when I don't trust in God, my peace is gone. But if I will keep my mind on Him and my trust in Him, He keeps me in perfect peace. And that brings us to step three. Let peace rule. Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as member of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Um, in your heart, something is ruling. Okay? Now, either what's ruling in your heart is fear, chaos, and anxiety, and anarchy, and commotion, and doubt. 
or peace is ruling. Let the peace of Christ. Um, so you just received tragic news about your mother. So how will you receive and process that message? Fear, worry, angry, stress, or peace? Did Jesus give you peace? Can you trust God? And let the peace of Christ make the decision for how you'll respond? See what I'm saying? You become aware of a situation. Typically, historically, the situation has then ruled your heart. It's been the, the focus of everything about you is this situation. This verse says, let peace rule in your heart, not chaos. How? Step one, you believe that peace is possible, that it's from God. Step two, do you trust God? Step three, now it's like the ruling even of an umpire, right? Here comes the pitch into your heart. Is it going to be a strike or is it going to be a ball? The umpire, peace is ruling. And I know this, this sounds like I'm saying this is all up to you. And I'm not saying it's all up to you. Because where does peace come from? Not you, God. Peace comes from God. Now, as, as something comes at you, and, and the funny thing is, it's never one thing that comes at you, is it? It's always bam, bam, bam. They just keep coming. Can peace rule in your heart? Or will you pick up the problem and try to solve it yourself? So that brings us to step four. Take it to God. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you hear bad news and you're deeply impacted, physically, spiritually, emotionally, deeply impacted by this news you just received. And you draw everything in, right? What do you do when you're under attack? Circle it all up, right? Circle the wagons, bring them all in close. I'm under attack, let's get this together here. Even if it's just me. I, I, I hunker down and I get in protection mode, cover up my head, waiting for more news to come because you know it's coming. So eventually, after I'm being bombarded by all this news and I'm hunkered down, eventually it kind of stops a little bit and I start to strategize on solutions. So how will we fight cancer? Which heart doctor will we choose? Which marriage counselor will we go to? How can I make extra money to cover the expense of this? We start to strategize. Where will we live? How will we protect ourselves? What will we do without him? Who will keep the business going now that they're gone? How will we get back our resources? What are we going to do and how are we going to do it? You with me? Isn't this normal? Something comes at you, you hunker down and you start to strategize and come up with a plan. Then... You start implementing your plan. Well, I had to get a part-time job to make enough money to pay for the doctor to do blah, 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 or to take my kid here, or to whatever the problem was. And 
we start to implement our strategy, and sometimes we have varying degrees of success, right? And if we have a little success, then we start feeling good about everything, and we kind of relax again. But if we don't, see, we're still hunkered down, we're still guarded, we're still watching, more's coming. And all of this is so exhausting. You can't live that way. Nobody can keep that up. So what do you do? You have to find ways to keep yourself going. Coffee. Food. Drugs. Work. Sex. Friends. Validation. Accomplishments. Success. Whatever it takes. Something's got to keep you bolstered up. You can't keep living like this with the weight of the world on your shoulders and this problem you have to solve. And maybe during all of this process, since we're at church and Christians, we'll throw something up to God every now and then, asking him to at least bless our plans and to watch what we've come up with. Or maybe we don't even do that because we really don't want to bother him. And by the way, when God gets involved, things usually get worse. Anybody you know live that way? Me too. Me too. I live that way. Or I have. Here's the one thing we know. There's a problem. And it's up to me to fix it. Right? See, all this other church stuff is fine and good. But now life matters. It just got real and it's up to me. I've got to fix this. I may drag God into it to help me. But I've got to fix it. And that doesn't work ever. Never ever. Even though we try it our whole lifetime. How do I know we try it our whole lifetime? Let me go back to that first list of words that are not peace. Did you see yourself in that list of words? Of course you did. I want you to know there's an alternative. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, here's the big problem. Right? Problem of the day. What are you going to do with it? So, God, this big problem came. What are you going to do with it? God... I've stolen this from somebody I can't even remember who anymore. But you know there's something God has never seen? A big problem. We see big problems. God doesn't see big problems. I can take my big problem, present it to God. I don't be anxious about anything. Every situation. Present your request to God. What's my request? Oh, God, save me. He will. And what happens when you do that? Well, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, what's that mean? It makes no sense. That's what it means. I cannot figure this out. That kind of peace. That's what God gives me. And it guards my heart and my mind. Because the one thing I need when I'm under attack is to have my heart and my mind guarded. And peace does that. 
Do you trust God with your problems? Put Him in charge. Let God come up with the strategy. How about that? You know how. You know how. I know how tiring it is to solve a problem. Right? Your mind races out of control. How many days has it been since you couldn't go to sleep? Not enough. Right? The way this is supposed to work, with peace, you come in and take your clothes off and get in bed and you say, Oh, Jesus, I love you so much. Watch over me tonight. That's the way this is supposed to work. Peace gives you rest. Now, <clears throat> the sermon's over, and I get to tell you a story. So yesterday, I was writing my sermon. Yes, I always write my sermons on Saturday. Why do it earlier? I may die, Jesus may come. Have one in the can that nobody heard. So, last minute, right? So, Saturday morning, I go up to my office. Jesus, what do you want me to preach about this week? I don't have a clue. And I start looking through some old sermon notes and some of the things last week and thinking, then what I read yesterday, Saturday, in my Through the Bible in a Year app came up, which was um, Colossians 3.15. Peace. Okay. All right, Jesus, I'll write a sermon on peace. And then... The verse in uh, John shows up about, I'll give you peace. And then the verse in Isaiah about trust in me shows up and I'll give you peace. And then this one, and then finally the one in Philippians shows up. So Perfect. There's my sermon. I write my sermon, get the PowerPoint done, I'm done. And I get a text from Lana. And she says, would you pray for me? Now... What you didn't know, what I didn't tell you is, Lana got up Saturday morning with a headache. She was sick. She hurt. She felt like throwing up. It was bad. While I was up writing my sermon, she was figuring out ways to die in the house. <laughs> and I forgot my glasses, so I came in and got my glasses, and she was in bed. She was out, asleep. Lana doesn't feel good. Then the sermon gets over, and I get this text from her asking her to pray for me. So I go in the house. And Lana's in the recliner with the blanket up around her head. And she's a mess. And I see like this black thing across her face. And she's crying and it's not good at all. <laughs> and... Uh, what do I do, Jesus? He said, she needs peace. Aha! I just wrote a sermon about peace. So, I know Lana believes step one, that Jesus gives peace. And I know that Lana trusts God, step two. So, I say to her, do you trust God? Now, she's ready to kill me at this point because 
right? No, really, do you trust God? Of course you trust God. Well, then put your mind on God and take it off of your pain. See, she wanted me to, and I would have wanted the same thing, to pray about the pain. But yesterday, that's not what Jesus said to do. He said, have her to think about me. So, what are you thinking about? Well, Lana, like most of us, when something's wrong with us, we try to figure out what's wrong with us. How did I get this headache? This is not a headache. This is a brain tumor. (laughs) Right? You know, I mean, it's like... Oh my word, did I not drink enough water? Did I eat the wrong thing? What happened? Did I kill myself? Did I have a brain? What's going on? I'm going to die. I'm making fun, but I'm not making fun because I've been the same place, right? So Lana's thinking about all of those things. What in the world is wrong with me? Which is anxiety and fear and worry and all those things. So we bring the cross of Christ against fear and against worry and against stress. And replace that with, put your mind on God. Do you trust God? Put your mind on Him. So that took a few minutes. And then, all right, let's let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Peace is ruling. Not fear, not worry, not even pain. I I am not diminishing the pain one bit, okay? It was real And it hurt bad. And then. All right, let's don't be anxious. Let's present your request to God. What do you want? I want peace. Okay, so. At this point, I'm late to the wedding I'm doing. Not late like it hasn't started. But I'm supposed to be there at 3 o'clock. And I haven't got dressed yet, and it's 3 o'clock. So i got to leave. So Lana's in the chair, still has tears coming down her face, still a mess, and i got to go do the wedding. When I come home, three hours later, Lana's dressed, she's sitting at the table, and she's doing her Bible study. What happened to the pain? Oh, it still hurts a little bit. But the peace was greater than the pain. I asked her if I could tell you this story because I think sometimes we think the things we talk about at church are just mental exercises. And I don't believe in mental exercises. It's okay to practice once or twice in your head before you do it, but then do it. So... You need peace? Number one, do you believe that Jesus gives you peace? The answer to that is yes, he does. He has given you peace. You have peace. It may be disrupted. He's given you peace. Number two, can you trust God? And I know the answer is yes. But me knowing the answer doesn't do you any good. Can you trust in God? What if... The pain doesn't go away. You still trust in God? See, a lot of times our trust in God is based on our circumstances. It can't be. 
It's got to be based solely on God. Do you trust in God? See, Lana's headache didn't go away. What went away was the fear and the anxiety and the stress. That's what went away. Eventually, the headache went away. Maybe. Did it? Eh, a little bit. Okay. But the peace came. Now she can deal with the headache. See? The circumstance won't always change. Oh, in a, in a world of, of unicorns and, and pixie dust, everything gets better. But in the real world, things don't get better, right? Can you have peace in that? Yes. Yes, you can. You can have peace. It's promised. It's a gift. It's real, and it matters, and it changes everything in your life to have peace. I would love to give you peace. The reality is, I cannot. But Jesus did. And that peace is available and you can live in that peace. The peace that makes absolutely no sense is the kind of peace you can have. It's real. It's real. Can God do that? Yes, he can. And he does. Oh, God. I need peace. We all need peace. Jesus, you are the giver of this peace. And you have already bestowed it upon us. So I ask that you would open my eyes. That we would see the peace that you've given us. We would experience that peace. God, we know we can trust you. You have proven over and over that you are trustworthy. And we trust you. So now we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. That peace determines how we will respond and what we will do when the situations of life are out of hand. And what we will do is present our request to you, God, because we trust you. And you give us peace that passes understanding, that guards our hearts and minds. Oh, Jesus, we thank you and we love you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen.